You're listening to Knowing Faith, a podcast of Training the Church. This is Kyle Worley, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jen Wilkin and JT English. Good morning, y'all. Hey, Hey, how you doing? I am doing well. Uh, uh, I'll say this. um, I did not know that you were not supposed to take a multivitamin on an empty stomach. Oh, because you've never had a baby. Oh, yeah. And I did. I did. And uh, this morning, (laughs) it was not a good situation. I was, I I like legitimately thought I have never been, I've never felt this nauseated in my life. So why didn't anybody tell me you're not supposed to take a multivitamin on an empty stomach? I'm still kind of feeling it right now. Well, like it's a really common thing for when a woman gets pregnant and they give them to her and she starts popping those son of a guns. And then she's like, man, I'm really morning sick. And her doctor's like, no, you shouldn't be taking that in the morning. But I don't know why they don't just tell you up front. I know. I feel like it should be, maybe it's probably on the bottle and like a typical dude. I was just like, you know, take this (laughs) beginning of the year. I'm going to, I'm going to get so healthy by eating all these multivitamins. No direction. No direction. Let me take this, let me take this multivitamin on an empty stomach with a full cup of coffee. Like, how did you feel better? Did you get food? No, I. Okay. uh, (laughs) Never mind. <laughs> maybe not. It was maybe not podcast talk, but let's just say I Never did mind. feel better right, immediately yeah. after <laughs> something unpleasant happened. So, Sorry, I asked. That's, that's the most did. delicate way I can say it. But are you a fitness? Are you a New Year's fitness uh, devotee? Like, do you start the new year with like I'm going to do everything right? No, I mean, I will say this, and JT can confirm it. I had a running start going into the new year. I, I had was a running start. You I had a, a cycling start. start. Yeah. I, I did. I, I, I'm going to brag on myself for a second if I can, right? But I did like 340 miles on a bike in December, which for me was That's a huge, huge accomplishment. It's enormous. So, a bike bike or a Peloton? No, bike. it was like a stationary bike. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was like a stationary bike. And uh, I uh, I got to tell you, I was really proud of myself. So no, I, I'm, t- I typically am the guy that's like, New Year's is the clean slate. I'm going to jump in then. And then three weeks later, I'm like, man, that hot chicken sandwich looks good. I'm going to have two of them. <laughs> but I've been doing good. I was good through December and I'm just keeping it going in January. So that's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm happy with it. You know, uh, I did, I did ride my bike one day with JT and he smoked me, smoked me. I like, like it was for the first two or three minutes, I was like, Oh, I'm going to keep in pace with JT. And I've worked out with JT a couple of times and every single time it's humbling. But no, uh, remember when you did the reverse curl with 135 pounds, this story <laughs> is now myth. It's what it is. I feel like this story would be much more enjoyable for me if I actually knew what a reverse curl was. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, listen, uh, we are Speaking at the- Speaking of heavy lifting. Oh, good segue. That's fantastic. Uh, we are in Genesis and we're going to be in Genesis for season six. This is a teaser episode for this season. We're not going to get into Genesis 12 through 50 really today, but over this season, we're going to be exploring that together. If you followed along in season five, uh, then you know we were in Genesis one through 11. If, if you're just jumping in with knowing faith and you haven't gone backwards and listened to season five, you can find all of our episodes wherever you get your podcast and you're 
gosh, you could totally go back and listen. I'll say this though, we do a pretty good job of kind of bringing you with us. So if it feels paralyzing to go back and listen to a whole season of episodes just to jump in, let me promise you, you're not going to have to do that. It may be helpful as some context, but as we jump into season six, going through Genesis 12 through 50, we're immediately going to start on this journey with Abraham. And it's not something totally divorced from what's happened in one through 11, but it is kind of a new arc in the story. So if you're just jumping in and you listen, you're going to be just fine. We'll fill in some information from Genesis 1 through 11 as we go. But let's do a little bit of that right now. Jen, what is Genesis other than the perfect biblical pun for your name? (laughs) What is the book of Genesis? Well, it's the book of beginnings. And so it's telling us um, what happened at the beginning of the story that is going to form the entire arc of the biblical story. But it's important to remember that it's not just telling us what happened in the beginning. It's telling us what God did in the beginning. And so it keeps God as the central figure of all of the action. And um, that can actually, as we head into this um, season, that, that'll be something we'll want to keep top of mind because we start to talk about, whereas in the first 11 chapters, we talked about four events, um, creation, fall, flood, and Babel. Now in the second half of the book, which is actually much longer than the first half, we're going to talk about four people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. I'm so mad at you right now in this present moment, because when you say stuff like that, it makes me, did you have that? Did you know that going into that? Have you used that before? Because I have been preparing our episode run sheets and not one single time have you said, well, Kyle, you know, the first 11 chapters are really four events and the next 48 chapters or 38 chapters are four people. Cause that would have been a great line. And <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty, just wondering, have you I been stole, sitting I'm on sure that? I stole it from somebody else. I mean, come on. It's not like I sit around at night mapping this stuff out. Yeah, well, you, you say that. <laughs> yeah, you say that, but I do, and I'm never up to snuff. So. Yeah, but as the story arc moves toward a, a, a description of um, people, we do want to bear in mind that the central figure is still going to be Yahweh and how he's acting in the earliest uh, recorded uh, stories of human history for us. And so... Um, but but again, it's a book of beginnings, meaning that all of the, and I think we said last season that Genesis is often referred to as the seed plot of the Bible. It's where all of those themes that we're going to see go all the way through to Revelation are being uh, set up for us. And so that's what we spent a lot of time last season and we'll do this season uh, doing is looking for what are those, what are the threads and how can we begin to, um, see them with greater ease and regularity as we move into the rest of the scriptures. That's great. So, okay. So, uh, Genesis book of beginnings, first 11 chapters, four people, uh, next section, 12 through 50 is four events, but JT, yeah, why, exactly. why would we, why, why would we, why would we spend all this time studying? Yeah, I did just get it backwards, didn't I? I said it backwards. Genesis one eleven four events. Genesis twelve through fifty four people. It's multivitamin residual. Thank you. <laughs> Brain fog. Um, okay, so JT, why would we spend two whole seasons studying Genesis? Right? I mean, like, why not just get to the good stuff in the New Testament and just roll? Yeah. So, I mean, one of one of the things that I, I think the Lord's really teaching me right now that I'm trying to learn in my 
ability to be a Bible reader and a Bible teacher is to see how really the whole story of scripture is in those first three chapters. It's also in those first 11 chapters that we did last semester. And then it's in the next 50. And then it's in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. (laughs) That really, when you look at Genesis to Revelation, the whole story of scripture, which we think forms whole disciples, like one of of my greatest hopes in this podcast is that people would just know the story of the Bible and they'd be able to participate and be participants in this story. And you can't can't participate in a story you don't know, uh, is that they would see... Is that they, they would see that the story of the Bible really finds its seed form and all of its hyperlinks through the rest of Scripture here in the book of Genesis. So Genesis is, and I don't want to say that there's any book that's not foundational. We love all 66 books of the Bible, not including Third Corinthians, Kyle, but all 66 books of the Bible. Uh, we, we need to know, we need to love because God has put treasures there for us. But I, I, I do want to say this carefully. Genesis is one of those like primary pillar books that mm-hmm. if you don't get it right, it's going to be hard to get the rest of the story right. Yeah, no, I think what you're saying, JT, absolutely makes sense. And I think one of the interesting things is when you read Genesis with somebody that you're discipling, and maybe you've also read a gospel or you're helping them read through the gospels at the same time, you start to realize that a lot of the the themes or the the images or the pictures or the, the concepts or the theology that's in Genesis in a really pronounced way uh, is deliberately being communicated in the Gospels and that those connections sometimes are really on the nose. I mean, definitely the most obvious example of something like this is is Genesis 1 and John 1, right? Mm-hmm. You know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. I mean, John is, he's got a Christological point he's making in that section, um, but he's doing something very intentional, like right out of, like he's basically just copying it. And so I think it's really appreciate you saying it that way. Yeah. 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 (laughs) John, sorry, you weren't as creative as as everybody thought you were. You were just pretty much copying it. Um, But no, when we study Genesis, we find uh, we're going to find that if we study Genesis seriously, it is going to richly texture and flavor the rest of our Bible reading and Bible study. It's going to help. It's going to add some complexity and some nuance and, an ability to see some things that is that are happening through the rest of the story. If you were to ask me, I think I said this last season, but it's, I think it's worth saying again, if you were to ask me what book has best shaped my understanding as scripture has had the most influence on how I read scripture, it would be Genesis. I would also throw in Exodus because I'm greedy, but that those, those earliest stories, which have shaped so much of the rest of the Bible have had the biggest shaping influence on how I read the rest of the scriptures. And I think that people would say that for church history as well, you know, that that's been the the report because that's the way the book is written. It's meant to be, I like JT use the language of hyperlinks. I think that, I think we're borrowing that from the Bible project. Is that right? I hear, yeah. I hear Tim Mackey say that. And, and I was like, man, that's it. It's such um, a good reference. It is. A, yeah. It's a great metaphor for it. Um, that I think if you have found uh, people will say, oh, my, my Bible reading feels so dry. Um, and I would say, if that's what's happening with you, spend some time, spend some serious time learning Genesis and Exodus and see if it doesn't begin to bring to life the, the other parts. 
The CSB Life Council Bible provides biblical counsel and practical wisdom for pastors, ministry leaders, counselors, parents, couples, and any individual seeking practical wisdom through the application of God's Word. It includes more than 150 full-length articles on a wide range of topics and tough issues from respected Christian counselors and scholars. Visit csblifecouncilbible.com to get your copy today. Visit csblifecouncilbible.com to get your copy today. We live in a possession and money obsessed culture, but what does the Bible say about generosity? In his new book, A Short Guide to Gospel Generosity, author Nathan Harris shows us that the answer to our obsession with possessions is turning to the gospel, because only in the gospel can we find the type of life transformation that enables us to turn our focus from ourselves and back to others, to give generously, and to follow in the way of Christ. To learn more about the book, visit GuideToGospelGenerosity.com. That's GuideToGospelGenerosity.com. So just some quick facts real quick, and then I want to talk about moving towards Genesis 12 through 50. Genesis is uh, received uh, and written down by Moses. It's it's a part of a really a five-volume series of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Most scholars agree that the Pentateuch, in, including Genesis, is received by the people of Israel after Exodus at Sinai. So when we ask the question, who wrote Genesis, we can say, well, the Spirit of God inspired Moses to write it uh, when it was post-Exodus Israel, uh, to whom it was, to that group of people. Uh, And why does that matter? Well, it matters because knowing who the original audience is for a book of the Bible, for any text, for any work, is significant. Particularly when we're thinking through biblical interpretation, knowing to whom uh, the original writing was going to, the original audience, is incredibly significant because it is going to approach them using terminology they would be most familiar with, addressing questions that would be most pressing to them. So we talked a lot about in season five, uh, asking questions that Genesis is asking and answering questions that Genesis is asking, where the temptation, particularly in those first 11 chapters, is to pontificate about all of the questions that it's not asking or questions that it seems it's less concerned with. It's not that you can't have legitimate opinions about those things, whether it's how old the earth is or days of creation or whether dinosaurs were on the ark or not. I mean, you can you can have opinions as long as you know that the first 11 chapters of Genesis are not hand-wringing over how we answer those questions. Is that fair? Good summary? Yeah, that's a good summary. I think in addition to the questions that you mentioned that sometimes can distract us from the meaning of Genesis 1 through 11 or the entire book are those individualized questions that we want to ask. You know, we have an immediate need that we want met from the text. And so uh, there are all kinds of questions that we can bring to the text that it's not primarily concerned with, with asking and answering. And then on top of that, 
<clears throat> R.C. Sproul has said, speaking of the Genesis account, um, that where God only whispers, it's best not to shout. And mm. that's that's really helped me a lot with thinking. I mean, Pennington would say, Jonathan Pennington would say, looking for the look for the hot spots, right? Like look for the look for the things, the plain things that are main things. Um, I think is another way that we've said it. So that is our task, and I think. Um, as the as the narrative picks up pace in these chapters 12 through 50, that can become even more challenging because we can get drawn into some of the story elements and wonder why isn't there more detail here? Why aren't we told what this person was thinking or feeling? Uh, and, and if we're not careful, we can lose sight of those main things and start to want to, I don't know, like over-identify with a character. That's yeah. one of the things I think we're going to have to wrestle with as we walk through these these narrative um, portions about people's lives is, oh, well, how am I like Jacob? Yeah, um, yeah. And there are, those are good questions to ask, but we're sure. going to try to help um, our listeners ask first questions before we get to second questions. That's good. So moving towards Genesis 12 through 50 this season, it's an exciting thing. It's a lot of text that we're covering here. Let's just identify, uh, uh, Jen, why don't you kick us off? You said that there are four people in this back half that really we're focusing on. Who are they? What are the main characters, so to speak? Well, um, this will probably be the only time you hear me say up with the patriarchy, but we're going to talk about, uh, (laughs) we're going to talk about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who are uh, known as the patriarchs. They are um, those first three in the line that's going to form Israel, the nation of Israel. And then uh, thrown in for good measure at the end is Joseph, who's probably one of my favorite characters in all of scripture. And I think we're going to see that he is a, a very clear type of Christ. That's great. So they're 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 going to they're going to portray for us what does the life of faith look like um, in the Old Testament, and that's something I don't think we always think about when we read the Old Testament. We think that the life of faith is something that's primarily discussed or explored in the New Testament, but mm. there's some really important lessons for us to take from what faith looked like in the time of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. It's good. And setting. JT, speak a little bit about the setting here. Like, where are we actually at? Okay, so we know we're not in Eden any longer because we've been exiled from Eden. We know there's been this worldwide cataclysmic flood, and we know that Babel, uh, God has come down at Babel and dispersed the peoples over the nations. And so, where do we start in Genesis 12? And I'm not asking for every, I'm not asking you to be like, he went to Mamre first, and then it was to Shechem. And I, listen, I don't know that map. I know you don't know that map. It's not our strong suit, but give us a broad sense. Where Where is this happening at? Yeah, so it's happening in the ancient Near Eastern world, uh, what we would call modern day Israel, Turkey, Syria, and then we're going to find ourselves towards the end of the book in Egypt and in, in North Africa. So uh, specifically, the, the, we're going to open up here in Genesis chapter 12 in Ur and in Haran, which is where Abra- Abram uh, is journeying with his family as somebody who is he's not, uh, he's, he's a pagan. He's a, he's a worshiper. Most likely, the Bible doesn't say this, but most likely given what we know about these people in this time, a worshiper of the sun and a worshiper of the moon and worshiper of other things. And so he's just, he's just a guy who's, he's a, he's shepherding flocks and, and we're going to see God. Uh, and this is what God does. He, he comes down, he condescends to people in the middle of their brokenness, in the middle of their idolatry and meets them. And Abram is this person that we're going to see him do it with first. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and on this note about setting, I, I want to encourage you, if you're an active listener and you really want to dig into this, just one day when you're, when you're maybe listening to an episode or you've listened to an episode recently, just Google map of the patriarchs or world of the patriarchs. Your Bible probably has a map in the back of it. You can also open it up and take a look. And it's worth taking a look at because when you, when you read these things, is this is not like he went next door and then he went next door and then he went next door. This is a very large journey, okay, through the ancient world, okay? It's, it is a long circuit that he is on. So when, when JT says, yeah, we're going to start off in Ur, but we're going to end up in northeastern Egypt, this is a long ways away. Mm -hmm. I know that for us, we just think, oh, Middle East, it's all just kind of smushed together in our mind. <laughs> it's not. There, this is a huge part of the world. It's a, I mean, I don't, I wish I probably, I could probably track the miles and give you American mileage on from this place to that place, but I didn't do that. But just trust me, take a look at a map. It will be very illuminating for you. Kyle, would you say that the Bible is a roadmap for life? I would, oh, I would, yeah. When I go, when I go, when I go driving, I keep the Bible in the seat right next to me. <laughs> and, if I, and if I get confused, I just, I pull over shut it down, open it up and say, I just like scroll through the pages, put my finger on there. And, and I, I'm like, that's where I'm headed. That's where I'm going. Um, so I've made a lot of trips to uh, Assyria, like a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, I am late getting home from work often. Um, uh, big questions going into this section. I mean, some of the big questions I have going into this, I mean, listen, I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it for you right now. We are not going to get to cover everything in Genesis 12 through 50. We have to be selective because we have a limited number of episodes and it's, it's four generations. It's, it's huge. Uh, so it's a long story, but some of the big questions I have are trying to understand a little bit more about the role of Isaac and Jacob. I feel like, and this may just be because of how time is given in the text. I feel like I've got a, I've got a, like if you, if somebody came to me and said, Hey, talk to me about Abraham. I could probably have a meaningful conversation about Abraham and through Genesis uh, and how his story carries forward or ripples through the rest of the Bible. I could probably do the same thing with Joseph. I have a much harder time doing it with Isaac and Jacob, you know? Uh, and so it's just, I, I'm hoping that maybe I get to build a little bit more texture around their stories as they're written in Genesis and then how they ripple through the rest of scripture. So that's kind of a big question or hope that I'm taking into our study this spring. Any, any, any big questions, thoughts, things you're excited to explore in this section? Yeah, I, you know, I, I know this will surprise no one, but there are some interesting female figures in this portion of the text that it'll be fun to look at. Um, Sarah, Sarai, Sarah um, is one of them. And then you've got uh, the story of Tamar, which is a really significant moment. <clears throat> it's actually something we covered, I think, in one of our earliest episodes on Knowing Faith. I think we talked a little bit about Tamar. Yep. Um, and then Rachel and Leah, I think that's a portion of the story that has been heavily romanticized in the way that it's been told to me through the years. And so be interesting to spend a little time there. And then Potiphar's wife. I mean, there's a lot of really interesting female figures in this portion of the text and each of them H doing Hagar. a specific thing. Hagar. Yep. I was just yep. reading, reading yesterday. I'm, I'm doing the Bible in a year, which I'm sure a lot of people are. We'll see if I can stick with it. And I was reading her, her story yesterday and it's just, just, I, it's so eye opening when yeah. you yeah. just really meditate and sit on what this woman lived through. Yeah. 
uh, Rebecca. She's an interesting figure. So um, there's going to be lots of fun, even though we're going to be talking about the patriarchs. We're also going to be talking about um, how that all relates with uh, women in culture at the time. And it'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. JT, you got anything? I'm I'm really where you are, Kyle. I think you said it well. I, I know this story of Genesis 1 through 11 pretty dang well. I know 12 through 17 pretty well. And after there, it's not that it gets fuzzy. I know the story, but I haven't I haven't spent as much time kind of really just meditating on and, and sitting in kind of the grittiness of the text. And so I, I, I would I would agree with you. Really hope hoping to get some more um, just familiarity around these stories and these characters. Yeah. I'm actually eager to hear you guys weigh in on these portions because I've now taught this, you know, for women I've probably taught it four times. And I feel like, you know how like when you've taught something a bunch, you can kind of get stuck in one version oh, of it yeah. or or on the things that you emphasized the first time you taught it, then you just kept building on it. So I'm, I'm interested to help, to have you guys help me sort of like shake loose of some of the, some of the, the trenches that I've gotten dug into over, over time with this book. So feel free to do that. Yep. Absolutely. On air in front of all of the people who are listening. <laughs> yeah, because in the because, manner possible. Yeah, because disagreeing with you has always gone well always for well. <laughs> myself. I've only had my tires cut it's sliced once. Oh yeah. <laughs> we, I, I can still remember the feeling of at the first live recording we ever did for Proclaim Truth, uh, that uh there was an audible gasp in the room when JT and I said breath <laughs> in front of a room full of women. Uh, no, we de- we disagree with you. And we started taking issue with what Jen said and the room immediately turned against us. <laughs> and it wasn't even a matter of like, we care. We, we don't care who's right or wrong. This no. is a test of sheer loyalty. It was. And, <laughs> and we found out exactly where we stood yeah, in that, um, on that we spot. Thought, we thought everybody kind of liked us as a team. Turns oh, out. Yeah, no, but I will say, <clears throat> our listeners will not know this, but before we started recording, I had to ask JT and Kyle a question about the Trinity and I completely embarrassed myself. No. And thought, I mean, I'm supposed to teach on it tomorrow. And they were like, yeah, your whole idea is completely wrong. And I was like, great. That's great. You're going to be fine. <laughs> well, we've got some great guests this season. We've got Ray Ortland. We've got Gavin Ortland. So mm-hmm. a father-son duo there. Uh, two different episodes. They're, we're not going to put them on the same one. Uh, we've got Sam Amadi uh, joining us. And then we might even have some other guests as well scattered throughout this season. We're excited. I, I really am excited. Thank you again for listening. Uh, we, we also have a great sponsor for this season. We're sponsored by the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. If you're not familiar with their faculty, we've had some of them on this show. We've had uh, Dr. Jonathan Pennington, who is a world-class gospel scholar. Uh, he's If you haven't read Sermon on the Mount uh, in Human Flourishing or his most recent book, Jesus, as a philosopher, I'm telling you, that book is fantastic. Like, I, I love it. I've already given copies away from it uh, or uh, given copies of it away, not away from it, I guess. That would <laughs> that make as much sense. Um, uh, but uh, we've had Greg Allison on the show. And his work in uh, Roman Catholicism and Christianity is profound. His work on the Holy Spirit. That episode that we did with Allison on Dr. Allison on the Holy Spirit was one of my favorite episodes that we've done. I mean, it's fantastic. And then, I mean, there's just some world-class faculty at Southern and we're delighted that they're a sponsor for this season. If you're looking for more information, you're going to hear us talking about them this season. We're hoping to have some of their professors, some of that faculty on for our After the Fact mini episodes. Uh, Last thing, a lot of people ask us, hey, where can we find Knowing Faith online? 
online. Well, you can find us on Instagram, Knowing Faith Podcast, on Twitter, Knowing Faith Podcast, on Facebook, Knowing Faith Podcast. And if you want more Knowing Faith stuff, then you could go to patreon.com um, and uh, go to patreon.com slash knowing faith and you'll find out a little bit more about what we have going on. We've got a newsletter that goes out. Uh, we've got uh, some special episodes that get released right to those folks. And so we're so grateful that you listen. So grateful for your support. And one, the one first- of my favorite things that we did over the over the holidays was our little Christmas party with, with Patreon. That oh, yeah, was, that was really, fun. really fun. It really was. Uh, and JT wore an elf hat. For a large portion of it. <laughs> and I dropped a Christmas tree on my head. You did drop a Christmas tree. Um, so definitely worth the price of admission. Um, uh, but if you're interested in that, you can find that at patreon.com slash knowingfaith. Our first episode of season six airs on Thursday, February 4th. And it is going to be talking about Father Abraham. So hope you enjoy the discussion. Grace and peace. Grace and peace.